0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: It's a Monday Night Instant Classic. We're talking about it first thing Tuesday morning here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We're coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Great to have the fellas here. We're all in separate locations, but we can all agree on one thing, our togetherness on the greatness of Lamar Jackson, but I want to talk about the defense fellas real quick. So I'm sure you guys were watching the game last night. I'm sure a lot of the fellows, the ladies that are listening in this morning, (laughs) that's for sure. All I got to say SVP and Stanford. Steve had it locked in on a three and a half number there. 47, 42, the final Jake coming out on the short end of the stick. It was a long night from the short end to the long night for the defense. Fellas, I don't know if you caught this. I'm sure you did. Penultimate play of the third quarter, second to last play of the third quarter, with about six ticks left on the clock. The Ravens were penalized for something I'd never seen before on Monday night or any game I've ever watched. I'm 42 years old. They were penalized for having not 12 men on the field, not 13 men on the field, not 14 men on the field. They were penalized for having 15 defenders On the field, Brian Greasy, the Monday Night Football analyst, was actually trying to use his Telestrator, his fancy technology, to count all 15 guys. And his counter ran out at 14. Whoever developed the technology said, there's never going to be a day where 15 dudes are on the field. We're not going to have to worry about it. So he actually had to manually put the 15 in. It's a good discussion point to begin our chat on the defenses because it felt like both teams needed 15 dudes out there to stop one another. Key, let's specifically start here with the Browns because here they are right now in pole position to make the playoffs, the top card team in the AFC. All the chat is on Baker. Are you concerned about their defense?
2: Well, it's, it's it's not necessarily a concern as much as it is they've got to get better. Um, right now, between Denzel Ward and Miles Garrett are the two top defenders on that side of the ball for them. And without Denzel Ward in the lineup last night, you certainly could see where the Ravens and Lamar Jackson at times was getting chunks of yardage down the field. And I think that that is a key. Uh, Miles Garrett went out of the game at some point. He wasn't necessarily getting the pressure, the pass rush on Lamar Jackson, the way that they envisioned him to be able to do. So it's it's one of those deals where I think as time goes on, they'll continue to get better. But they've got to fix it and become a little more of a solid group if they want to contend in the AFC.
0: So I, I look at it this way. I think the Rams are one of the most complete teams there are. We always talk about Jarrett Goff and whether his inconsistency will allow them to win the Super Bowl. But you know that their defense, one of the best defenses in the NFL. We saw what Jalen Hurts did to the Saints the other day, right? That's the number one defense in the NFL as well. Uh, Look at the Steelers. Look what they've done. Obviously, they've been depleted by injuries. They're a shell of themselves. Washington is one of the top defenses. Chase Young is a guy. I've been saying this all along. I got 99 problems, and Chase Young is all of them. But it, it, this is an offensive league, right? So the Ravens have one of the best defenses, too. They gave up 42 points. And so I, I know we're going to make a big deal about the defenses, but the, at the end of the day, you need your defense to be serviceable to make stops when you need them to. But I don't know if you need one of the best defenses in the league to win the Super Bowl this year.
2: Well, I would I would say that it certainly is going to help. Uh, you gotta, you've got to have defense to shut people down. I think a lot of people think that the high-octane, powerful offenses have won the Super Bowls. Kansas City won the Super Bowl last year, but they didn't score 50 points unanswered. They didn't do those sort of things. And when you go back to the Rams-New England Super Bowl, what was that, 10-3? to I mean, like, look at the score of that game. So it wasn't going into that game, those are two of the most prolific offenses going. We were calling the Rams – the greatest show on turf number two, and then they went to the Super Bowl and held and put up three points. So it's a it's a it's a little bit different when you get into the playoffs and when you get into the Super Bowl, things change. I think that the defense just has to find a rhythm, much like Kansas City's did a year ago. You just start to play a little bit better, and as time gets goes on, when you get into the playoffs, a little bit better, a little bit better, and then once if if in fact you get to the Super Bowl you should be clicking and hitting on all cylinders.
1: And on the other side, Jay, right now, if you take a look at the playoff picture, because we have to really give credit to what the Ravens did. They went for a stretch there where they didn't win a game in over a month. They had the COVID-8 outbreak. They had a game moved to Tuesday, and now they're playing on a Monday. Despite all of that, even though there are seven teams making the playoffs this year in each conference, the Ravens sit at 8-5, and five, same record as the Dolphins, but they're on the outside looking in. We mentioned this this morning, when the Ravens are on, like when they're on, the operative word when, they appear to be very, very dangerous. What kind of out would they be if they snuck in?
0: I think they would be a very challenging out, and I, I I say that because I watched this team being up fourteen points, go through the Cleveland Browns having this energized run back in the game. Baker Mayfield literally willing their team back into the game by making some incredible throws and. Seeing Lamar Jackson out for that time in the bathroom, cramps, IV, whatever it is, him coming back on the field—they're just such a dynamic team. And I, you know, I know we're going to sit there and try to analyze the Browns' defense, but you know, key—I would ask you this question: I mean, how many quarterbacks are we going to see in the National Football League like Lamar Jackson? I think we got reminded last night of why this dude was the former MVP of how many plays he kept alive with his legs and his speed and how he made decisions. Even at that last play to Marquise Hollywood Brown, I mean literally running out to the right. I mean just he created that with his legs. And it always keeps you as a defense on your toes about you have to make a decision. Are you gonna stop him because he can obviously run for fifteen, twenty yards per carry, it feels like or you know he also has a weapon of utilizing his arms. And he's not great at throwing outside the numbers like we've been talking about but damn, he makes good plays when you need him to make those plays.
2: Well, he is he is the one of the most dominant players in NFL history in terms of just the shock value, whether it's the Michael Vick, Kyler Murray does some amazing things. We're looking at Jalen Hurts. We remember Cam Newton, early RG3 in his rookie year. So he has that sort of ability. I would say that... that you know your your question zoom in, can the Ravens make some noise making it a deep run into the playoffs? I don't know because if they get behind, am I going to see a consistent passing game that will allow you to catch up as the clock continues to dwindle down can Can they do some of the same things that the Kansas City chiefs have been able to do? Oh, we're down by fourteen. ah no problem. Turn the switch on. We're rolling. I don't believe they can. And if you run into that situation and that problem, you have to answer the bell. And I don't know that they can do that. Yes, he had a great throw, moving out of the pocket, going to his right, throwing back against the grain in the middle of the field, which is dangerous, which is quarterback one-on-one. Why in the hell would you throw back in the middle of the field when you know better? It worked out for him that time. You do that again... It could be six going the other way. So you got all of those sort of things that you still got to kind of manage and watch carefully if you plan on making a deep run into the playoffs. Because the teams that you're going to go up against, the Indianapolis Colts can score some points. They could score some points and they got a nasty defense.
1: And, Jay, I would ask you here as you look ahead for both teams, I think we can kind of put a check mark in the Ravens corner. Although you never know it, the Jags have been plucky from time to time for sure, but they lost 12 in a row. That's who Baltimore's got coming up next. As for the Browns, second. Time in six days. They're going to be on the national stage from Monday night to Sunday night. Obviously a huge game for the Giants. They're trying to win their division. Big opportunity here for the Browns. After the Monday night disappointment with the world watching, what do you make of the short week? And back under the bright lights of the national stage again.
0: Well, I think, you know, the the natural question to ask is, how about the health of Daniel Jones? It looked like he was hindered from that hamstring injury. Looked kind of immobile. Wasn't himself. Obviously didn't. Play the, play the game as well. So you wonder what condition he'll be in. Uh, I think the Giants' defense was trending in the right direction. Um, it will be interesting to see, you know, can they, same like Kyler Murray to a degree with Lamar Jackson, can you keep him corralled in the pocket, not allow him to get to the outside and get those yards? And I think that's going to be a major challenge for the Giants at the position they're in currently.
2: Yeah, it. it, it you know, you, this could be a good thing. It depends on Daniel Jones is healthy, but what I would guard against, is that the Cleveland Browns start to feel sorry for themselves about losing to the Baltimore Ravens and and sleepwalk into sorry. this giant game. It would be great for the Giants and bad for the Browns, Zubin.
1: We should also mention this morning we're asking you on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed at Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin Nation, KJ and Z on Twitter, which team would you fear facing in the playoffs? Simple choice, last night's teams, the Browns or the Ravens. Early returns, fellas, 56% of you have said... Baltimore. They've said the Ravens at Mr. Debate underscore it underscore all could be Stephen A's burner account with that title with that <laughs> handle. Hit us up on the Doctor Pepper Twitter feed. Here's what he thinks: It's the Browns. I know the Ravens won last night, but the Ravens aren't winning in the playoffs solely behind Lamar's running. Cleveland has figured themselves out and could surprise some people. Hit us up eight 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 ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six Key J and Z. On Twitter, we'll monitor your responses all morning long. But right now, slight percentage of you, slight majority saying the Ravens, with that win, get the boost. What you got?
0: I want to apologize. (laughs) I I thought you had said that the Giants are playing the Ravens. I I heard the Ravens, not the Browns. But I would have to think that the Browns would be by far, I think, the favorite in this game, considering how many points they scored and then watching the health of Daniel Jones. So, sorry, I just wanted to re-clarify.
1: No problem at all. And just in case Fix you are picture technology,
0: man. I got it. I got it. I'm back.
1: <laughs> and as Jay mentioned, the Giants are in a three-and-a-half-point dog on Sunday night football with the Browns playing their second game in six days on national television primetime-only game. We'll see if they can pull it out just short last night. Let's roll. I'm going to get Key fired up here. Hang oh, tight yeah. here. Key's going to get fired up as we go from A to Z with his alma mater squarely in our sights. Let it out, Key. So, of course, Cameron Indoor, the place where Jay became a legend in Key. So many legendary fall Saturdays at the Coliseum. The current leader of Key's athletic department, Southern Cal athletic director Mike Bone, was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons on ESPN radio. And it was essentially discussing the situation of Ohio State being undefeated but ranked fourth in the playoff standings, USC being undefeated and ranked 15th. Good opportunity to mention the latest rankings come out tonight with Reese Davis and the guys seven Eastern on ESPN bone essentially told the fellas, Freddie and Fitzsimmons, there's an intrinsic advantage. Ohio state is ahead of them by a mile and a recency bias.
2: Well, uh, obviously I think the, their, uh, their brand and their recent performance certainly helps them immensely. I mean, coming to, uh SC, after spending 6 years in the state of Ohio at the University of Cincinnati I get a good sense of, of what uh, their uh prowess is and and the way they've accomplished so many different things so you know I my hat's off to them I've competed against them uh, uh in from numerous institutions and I understand that but uh I think that's why Friday's a big opportunity for us I really do I mean when you start comparing some of the different uh power indexes and so forth, uh, you know, we'll see how that shakes out. But our focus right now is on Friday.
1: Friday's a big shot because Friday's the Pac-12 championship game where USC will now take on Oregon, replacing Washington in that game. The Huskies just don't have the requisite number of bodies to play due to the coronavirus outbreak. We should mention Bone Key, as you well know, is the AD at Colorado. So that's one of those, quote-unquote, numerous places that he saw SC. What do you make of Bone's comments that – Ohio State just has a little more shine than the Trojans right now.
2: You got this dude coming and being our athletic director from Cincinnati. He doesn't even understand what being a Trojan is all about. Like, why would you even say something like that? Ohio State ain't no bigger than USC. We're on the same level, if not better. Like, wh- where's his mindset at? Like, you're supposed to be saying we need to be in the same Damn conversation. We're both five and oh, we're both playing championship games. I don't want to hear nothing about no recency bias. I don't want to hear nothing about no brand. That's what we get for hiring a dude that doesn't understand what being a Trojan is all about. Period. End of the
0: discussion. What? Dude, I got nothing man. to add. I got nothing to add. Subin, I got nothing. That speaks for the whole show.
2: No, you, you, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop. Get him, Key. Get him, key. Me, that's real talk, though. Get him, Key. And, about, oh, I've competed with them. Man, he was at Colorado, San Diego State, and Cincinnati. Stop.
1: Get him, Key. Let me ask you this, Key. I, that, that should be a mic drop moment and you're hot, but I think what a lot of fans are wondering, if you were to root for, let's say you're a Texas A&M fan or somebody that's on the outside looking in, you're on the periphery, I think a fan like that would want the AD to be openly politicking it does work in college absolutely football. why is he You
2: supposed to be politicking man you're supposed to be saying the trojans need to be in the same spot that's what he should be saying not this oh we gotta you know really uh look forward to our game this friday <laughs> against the pac-12 oregon t-. man nobody want to hear that mess tell me why we deserve the opportunity to be mentioned with these dudes whether we get run out of the building or not,
1: that's a great point. Your AD has to do two jobs: raise money and make sure your athletic department is in the best possible <sighs> position, regardless God, of program. I you have hair you. like
2: I you, Zubin. I pull I, it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait until we go to a USC game and this athletic director has to come do
1: our show. It's going to be great. That's well, a,
2: he, 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 yeah. Well, that's a whole uh, nother conversation. <laughs>
1: And that'd be a conversation I'd love to be privy to, right, Jay? Those two? Private conversation with Hey, you hey, something. hey.
2: Exactly. I ain't never met the man. I ain't never, he ain't never called me. I ain't never met him. I ain't never been invited to the office. Nothing. Yeah. I, uh, Jay, I'll say it again. I ain't never been, never mm. met him. He ain't never called me. He ain't never said, hey, what you think about the state of the program? You are a Trojan. Invite just this saying. legend back home. Invite him back home.
1: I'm just saying, I. Hey, man, <laughs> that seems to be a little odd considering key stature with the program. The one I'm thing just, I would say, I'm just man. saying, I just talked saying. to coach
2: Heldon, I've talked to Pat Hayden. I've talked to the former president of the school, lots of boosters and alums. I ain't, I don't even know what the dude look like. Jay. I'm just not even
0: an email key. We didn't get an never, email.
2: Ain't never, ain't never reached uh, out. Just putting it out there. Just, uh, you know, I ain't sour. I ain't mad.
1: <laughs> I still support my team. I go to the games when I could last year. I'm just saying, that's all. Indeed, his first big decision was to talk to Clay Helton and bring him back. Now let's see if he can actually talk to one of the greatest Trojans of all time. Keep keep us updated on that. All right, more college football. This is fun. Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin, keeping on the SC tip key, obviously Lane Kiffin was with SC, now of course down in Oxford in the SEC, poking fun at his mentor, Nick Sabin. you know the Auburn job is open, and obviously it seems silly that Kiffin would jump after one year from Ole Miss to Auburn, but he did work under Sabin. For a handful of years as the OC. And you remember the one quote, Saban, despite all of his greatness and his titles and turning around Michigan State, LSU and Alabama, the one thing he'll never live down was when he was coaching the Miami Dolphins, not to a great amount of success, when he essentially said in a belligerent fashion, quote, I guess I have to say it, I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. Of course, a couple years later, January 3rd of that next year, 2007, Saban was Alabama's coach, where he remains today. So when Lane Kiffin was asked this question yesterday, he channeled his old boss.
3: Lane, kind of got to ask about some of the rumors that will circulate about Auburn wanting to reach out to you for that vacancy. Have they reached out?
2: And do you pay attention when your name comes up as a sitting Power 5 head coach for other
0: jobs like that? Yeah, I, I don't. You know, that just... Productive when your players play well you're going to be
2: in rumors like that so there's been no conversations anything like that i wanted to say you know what i learned from my mentor you know that if you guys are going to keep asking this i'm gonna to have to tell you i will not be the head coach at alabama okay so stop asking me i wasn't supposed to say that but i just had to lane all this, man lane better leave dick saban alone man what's wrong with lane
0: he can't help it key that's the beautiful thing about lane he can't help it and you know, you know what that does though it just happens to leave the door open, though. It makes you think.
2: No, I, yeah, but but I mentioned it yesterday in our call that we were talking about head coaching opportunities for Auburn. One of the things I said, I said, don't be surprised if Lane Kiffin is floating around there somewhere. But let me ask y'all both this because I don't, I really, honestly, don't know. This is not a bit. What's a better job, Ole Miss or Auburn? Because it seems like to me they both the same. You in the SEC. They both get paid the money. It seems like they both the same.
0: Zubin, I'll let you take a stab at that.
1: You know, I think the safer job is Ole Miss because I think Key, they're more patient. Obviously, they're coming off some NCAA issues there with Hugh Freeze, but I do think, as you well know because you follow recruiting really closely, the state of Mississippi is talent-rich. I mean, incredible. Considering their population, the percentage of players that come out of a state like Mississippi is amazing when you consider their relative population. It's not as big as Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, California, even New Jersey, where I grew up, that really pump out a ton. Of guys because they have high populations and they can play all year round. Mississippi's done a great job, but you got to share it with Mississippi State. The only thing about the Auburn job that would scare me, Key, is that they are really itchy. They got an itchy trigger mm-hmm. finger. They will let you go at the first sign of worry. Now, if you got Gus on seven-year $49 million contract and you're walking away with $21 million, that's fine. You don't have to worry about it. I think the ceiling is higher at Auburn because the resources are there, even though clearly you're the second most popular team in your own state. But I do believe the ceiling there is higher. You got to have like a genius, though, to match Saban to be able to accentuate all the advantages that you have.
2: See, I, 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 don't, I don't know about SEC football in depth like that, and I'd like to ask Paul Feinbaum next time he's on, but it, it seems like to me, and, I, and from, from an outsider just looking from afar following college, Ole Miss could fly private on a private plane to go to recruits, so could Auburn. Uh, Ole Miss could pay X amount of money for coaches, so could Auburn. I mean it's like you, you know what I'm saying, it's just it's they play the same teams, they're basically in the same region, right? They're in the same they recruit from the same uh, uh states and regions. So I don't that's why I'm like, well, what's the difference? Why would I jump from old miss to Auburn? I it, I just it it does feel
0: though like just looking at numbers knowing that Lane Kiffin gets paid three point nine million dollars. Um, that Auburn just with <laughs> the way that they dropped their head coach in the midst of a pandemic, it,
1: it kind of feels like Auburn is big bank though. Doesn't it? Oh, okay. To a degree, So zoom. maybe
2: that's the difference then money.
1: And remember, you got to weigh, you got to weigh the way they've treated all their coaches from a guy like Gene Chizik, who won a national championship gone two years later, a guy that's had a relative amount of success uh, like Gus Malzahn against Nick Saban. When is winning enough going to be enough at Auburn? There is no answer. To that question. We'll try to answer this question on the way. How many teams in the NFL right now, right now, don't have their starting quarterback on their roster?
3: Time to rebuild. g Jay Will and Zubin, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelphelp.com/unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden
0: an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C dot
1: He's been saying this forever, but you got to have people around him. Darnold is in a tricky situation. Is he going to be back with the Jets next season? It's a question a lot of quarterbacks are asking with their respective teams. So, fellas, we're going real Or not real quarterback edition this morning. So here's the deal I'm gonna give you a team, I'm gonna give you all the quarterbacks on the roster, and you tell me if one of those dudes will be the starting quarterback for their team next year. Essentially, it's a real statement. One of these dudes will run through the teams, give you the QBs. If one of these guys is the 2021 starter, it's a real statement. Let's start with the Jets. You just heard Sam Darnold, the Jets on the roster. Key, Sam Darnold, Joe Flacco, James Morgan. Real or not real? One of these dudes starting for the Jets in 2021.
2: Not real. I've come to the realization that Sam Darnold is most likely going to be moved. Uh, the pressure is is building to draft Trevor Lawrence if they get the number one overall pick. And then Joe Flacco will be the bridge guy to somewhat teach the young kid how to be a quarterback in the National Football League.
0: Zubin, it was about four or five weeks ago I was saying that the pressure that will mount in New York City <laughs> if the Jets continue to lose will be insurmountable. It will be off the charts for this team to take Trevor Lawrence. And I, I still stand by that. I, I Not real um, – None of those guys will be the starter next year on the jets.
1: It's a tough pill for James Morgan to swallow. I'm sure we had to break <laughs> that to him this morning. Sorry about that, James 17 point dog. By the way, the jets are against the Rams this weekend. Wow. Real or not. Mitch Trubisky or Nick Foles will be the Bears' starter next year. One of them.
2: Real. I think it's real. It, it, and here's why it's real. if, Matt Nagy is there or not, I think they bring Mitch Trubisky back on a short leash and a one-year-type deal, a prove-it deal, and they, the new head coach, or, or Matt Nagy, if they don't get rid of him, will give him an opportunity to prove himself in his fifth year.
0: I would probably have to agree with Key on this one. I would say real. You know, They signed Nick Foles to a two-year deal, uh, even though he's been injured It just feels like if Matt Nagy's able to hold on to his job, seeing the way Mitchell Jabisky played in the last game against the Texans, if that's the case scenario, then one of those guys will come back as a starter. Chicago Bears fans won't like it, but I think it's going to be the case.
1: Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Foles will be back, likely in some sort of backup role. But again, our question this morning, is any of these guys primed to be their team starter next year? Here's an interesting one, because the first guy I'm going to mention is a one-year $25 million contract just for 2020. Real or not, Philip Rivers, Jacoby Brissett, or the young kid Jacob Eason out of Washington, one of them will be the Colts starter next year.
2: It's real, and it, it'll be Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers is going to start negotiating an extension here soon with the Indianapolis Colts as they continue to move forward at nine and four and get themselves in real. Uh, playoff contention, trying to win the division against the Tennessee Titans. I think that they see that he still has a lot of meat left on the bone, 20 touchdowns to only nine interceptions.
0: I I agree with Key Real, and even if it doesn't work out for Phil Rivers, even though we all know it will, Jacoby Myers being there, he's next in line. It will be his turn to carry the torch very soon.
1: Yeah, it seems like it's a tough spot. They wanted to give the job to Jacoby Brissett. They really wanted to. He just didn't come through big time in 2019. They got Rivers, and Key has said he has found the fountain of youth. This Well, I
2: didn't say that. I just said that.
1: (laughs) He'll be back for another year. (laughs) Fair enough, and likely headed to the playoffs. Although I said that, but I think he might agree with that one. The 49ers, here we go. Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard. Real or not, one of those three guys will take the first snap for Kyle Shanahan next year.
2: Not real. Not real at all. I think that the, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo experiment has gone south. I know that they he led to help lead them to a Super Bowl appearance. Nick Mullins, Definitely not. C.J. Beathard, definitely not. They may be back as backups, but not as starters.
0: Not real. I, I, I hope it happens. I mean, I would love to see Sam Darnold be a 49er. I would love to see how they can activate him through Kyle Shanahan and what he could become in that type of organization.
1: Indeed. He is a California kid, Sam Darnold. Let's see if they send him back. That could be very intriguing, and I think we know the work that Kyle Shanahan has been able to do with quarterbacks of all vintage. Here we go. The Washington football team. Real or not, either Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins, or Kyle Allen, one of those three will be the starter in year two for Ron Rivera.
2: I think it's Alex Smith for sure. Dwayne Haskins will be back as a backup, learning under Alex Smith. Alex Smith has gotten this team believing in him, much like that one-game sample that we saw, the energy from the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts. There's a lot of energy that Alex Smith throws off with this team. They feel good about him. He's got him in, in a position to win the division. You running back all year long? Where would this team be at the beginning of the season had they started Alex Smith instead of wasting time with a young Dwayne Haskins and then moving on to Kyle Allen?
0: Zubin, I really want to say real here because I want Alex Smith to win long-term. I just worry about him being injury-prone. We obviously saw him come out of the game the other day. It wasn't related to his hurt leg, but it was another leg. I, I, I'm going to say not real here. I just I don't think this organization has confidence in Dwayne Haskins. Um, I'm not sure if Alex Smith can hold up, even though he's 36 years old. I I think they may look for a franchise quarterback outside of those three.
1: That's very interesting. And the fact that you think they might dump Dwayne Haskins probably caught my attention more than anything. Okay. Here's the one, right? Here's the one. We got three more to go, but this is the one, right? The Pats real or not real. Cam Newton, Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer.
2: Just, you want me to say something? I'm going to say go <laughs> I'm going to say real.
4: I'm going to say real.
2: I'm going to say Cam Newton starts the season as the starting quarterback in 2021 for the New England Patriots. That's what I'm going to say.
0: Stupid. How many yards has Cam thrown for the last two games? Uh, a combined many.
2: total of about a buck 30.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. Uh,
0: Keith, this is always a hard one. I know you went real. I'm going to go not real. I think there there will be quarterbacks on the market that I think Bill Belichick will want because I think he'll want to get back to playing a little bit more the traditional way that him and Josh McDaniels have played throughout their tenure with the New England Patriots.
1: Okay, now considering this team has lost 12 games in a row, the answer seems sort of obvious. It doesn't appear what they have is working, but if they're going to blow this thing all up or... I don't know, maybe be in a position to draft somebody really, really high. I'll let the fellows weigh in, but this one seems simple. The Jaguars, real, real. or not? Not real. Yeah, right? Glennon, no. Minshew, Luton.
2: No, man, come on, man, stop. They're getting ready to take whoever's available. <laughs> and Who, Whoever's available. <laughs> Justin <laughs>
1: Fields is take. the number two pick in the draft. We'll see. We'll see. That seems like the most safe assumption to make, that they're going to blow this thing up and draft somebody better than Blake Bortles and Blaine Gabbert. Well, they
2: may, uh, and they may not draft anybody. They may just sign somebody in free agency.
1: No, that's, a, yeah, great, that's a great call. They could certainly do that, too, if they wanted to bridge guy to a young guy. Last one. Uh, this is interesting, too, just because of how long he's been in the league and another turnover here for the Detroit Lions. What else is new? Matthew Stafford, Chase Daniel, <laughs> David Blau. In your opinion, key, real or not real? I guess the real question here is Stafford. The other two, whatever.
2: Well, I think when you look at it, it's not real because I believe Matthew Stafford and his representatives and his family, they love Detroit. They love being part of the organization. But it's time for Matthew Stafford to move on, to go find a a, a place where he could actually add some value and take advantage of his last several years in the National Football League. Because he's certainly running out of time messing around in Detroit.
0: I would agree with you, Keith. What do you think would be the best possible scenario for Matthew Stafford next season? What team?
2: I
4: mean,
2: you know, it just depends on what if she, what what is Chicago going to do at quarterback? What's New England going to do at quarterback? What about the Forty ers if they can't get Matt Ryan? Which I think that that's a, a target on their. You know, I think that's a target for them if if something. If Matt Ryan wants to leave Atlanta and go to San Francisco, you know, and be with, with Shanahan again. I mean, so it just depends. But I don't believe Matthew Stafford should want to be in Detroit. He's giving him everything he could give him. I can't give you anything else. Like, what we'll can I give be, you?
0: Yeah, we'd we'll love to see him be a bear. We'd we'll love to see him combine with that defense, what they can actually do.
2: They probably wouldn't do that unless he was just a free agent. They probably wouldn't yeah. trade him within the division. Understood. You know, it's so funny, and, and I know we got to run here real quick. I wonder if Matthew Stafford had any say at all, or did they console him at all when they let Coach Jim Caldwell go? Did they walk up to him and say, hey, Matt, I'm thinking about this? You know, I, I wonder if they did that. Probably not. That's why Bob Quinn is not there right now.
1: Bob Quinn, the GM who fired Jim Caldwell, brought in Matt Patricia. Both Quinn and Patricia are now gone as well. As the fellas will say, the Lions just going to Lions. That's the way that it is. Last thing we should Ah! mention here. Last thing we should mention. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a Lions roar? What was that? It's like a a cat. (laughs) That's
2: what they are, cats.
1: (laughs) (laughs) More kitty kitty. They don't seem very dangerous. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Woj is going to join us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. He'll get into why the best comp for Zion is another number one pick who never played in the NBA. Interesting. What's that all about? And Jay's got some thoughts on Zion's long-term future, which you're definitely going to want to hear as well. That's after we remind you that beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greenie, immediately following us. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can. Have the newsmakers you'd expect from somebody like Greenie and interact with you every single day. Weekday, that will be from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, right into Greeny. Weekday mornings on ESPN Radio, beginning January 5th.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: Passion,
4: drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: And it's Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin back here. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA season, by the way, starts a week from today. Game number one, Golden State Warriors, Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant's old team, is current one. And then the rivalry renewed, which for a long time wasn't a rivalry, as Key and Jay Will know, but now has heated up Los Angeles, Clippers, Lakers, both those Man, games. There ain't no
2: rivalry. <laughs> Just a team with a uniform. That's fair enough. our stadium. Uh, The Clippers are
0: going to be all right, low-key all right. Don't sleep on Luke Kennard. That was a big pickup for them, Key. I'm not saying they're at the Lakers level, but the Clippers are going to be right there. Hey, Key, you know where Kennard played his college ball? Stop Rutgers. it, Zubin.
1: Stop. <laughs> <laughs> He's a proud Duke Blue Devil, that's for sure. Big pickup, but to Key's point, one team has 17 banners in the ceiling. The other has never, made the, uh, <laughs> another has never made the Western Conference Finals in their essential 50 years of existence. So you're right, Key. I guess both teams have to win for it to be a rivalry. So right now, I guess technically you're right. The Lakers with their 17 chips and the Clippers but I, but, with their but, zero but, final appearances.
2: <laughs> but that's what Jay said. All alone, right? His it, team's got a both of them. It's not a rivalry when one's getting smacked upside the head constantly. You know, exactly right. But
1: but I'll mention this key. Remember, Jay, you said last year that even after the Clippers flamed out and lost to the Nuggets and last all the backbiting, a few got months ago this year, <laughs> a few that months ago, like four, it was like three and a half months ago. Zubin, it was only seventy-one days, pretty much in between <laughs> Jeez, both seasons. Come on, <laughs> but with regards to, uh, I, I actually disagree with Jay's point here. But Jay's the NBA authority. I, you know, you had said, Jay, you still believe that the Lakers need to go through the Clippers. That's something that you've been adamant about uh, from the jump.
0: Well, I, I go through the Clippers. I, I said last year, something that we wanted to see was that the Lakers ultimately faced the Clippers considering before the Clippers dropped the egg and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were beside themselves and not actually who we projected them to be in the playoffs. Um, I, look, there still is a battle of Los Angeles going on right now, but I think it, it, it's crazy how the table has just skewed drastically in the Lakers' favor. I mean, just there are additive pieces that they were able to pick up, make them exponentially better. Now, I still think the Clippers are a good team. I think they'll be you know, right there towards the upper echelon of the Western Conference, and I still, look, it's going to be one of the best challenges because they will be in L.A. We will make it a big thing, uh, but I don't know necessarily this year the Lakers will have to go through the Clippers. The Clippers are going to have to go through the Lakers if they have any chance of making it.
1: Okay, so let's go back to the bubble. One of the reasons, there's always conspiracy theories, and I love a good conspiracy theory. A lot of people said Adam Silver opened up the bubble to 22 teams because he wanted the Pelicans to make the playoffs. Got to get Zion in the playoffs. If you get lucky, you roll the dice. LeBron finishes in the one seed. Zion finishes in the eight, and boom, there you go in the bubble, a Lakers-Pelicans first-round series, the present and future of the league. Alas, the Pelicans flamed out. Zion wasn't great. They fired their coach. They've got Stan Van Gundy. New start for Zion. He is going to play the four pretty much exclusively. Small forward, no minutes restriction, which has been hampering him since he entered the league. Preseason debut last night. They'll take on the Bucks in their last preseason game on Friday. Preseason ends on Saturday. Zion on play in quite a few minutes last night.
2: I feel great to be out there for extended stretches. Um, you know, I haven't played i don't think i played that many minutes in two and a half years so it was a great feeling to experience that again
1: so that's the deal but jay you're a little bit concerned here about zion long term and you're not looking to the nba for a fellow comparison you're looking to another sport yeah
0: well we were doing this before we were going through nfl comps to nba players and i was saying zion reminds me a lot of Cam Newton both explosive type athletic abilities both with a huge upper body frame and the game's kind of somewhat similar right people question Cam and his throwing ability people have always questioned Zion and his ability to shoot the ball Cam has to make plays off running using his legs and for Zion he's at his best when he attacks the basket Uh, the one concern I have about Zion is his ultimate health. Is his health sustainable? It's going to be a question that follows him throughout the course of his career. He's had some weight issues. We've seen Cam have some issues with his health due to the, due to the volume in which he has to attack and run the ball. And for Zion, you know, he attacks the rim with reckless abandon due to his lack of skill set of shooting the ball, right? So instead of shooting a mid-range jump shot, he drives, and that frame, that body weight that he has – Uh, He's constantly coming down in dangerous territory because he's attacking the rim with reckless abandon all the time. And that just increases his odds to get hurt again for somebody who's always had a history of being injury prone. Look, he's electrifying. There's no doubt about it. I want to watch every single game. I root for Zion to win and be one of the best players we've ever seen. You just worry about the health concern uh, due to the volume in which he attacks the rim amongst
1: the trees. And key, I would just ask you here, what's a reasonable expectation for zion considering they got a hall of players in the ad trade many of them los angeles lakers plus a healthy fresh zion from the start and a head coach in stan van gundy reasonable expectations for zion and company
2: i i think that they you know going push to make that same sort of position that they were in this year that that six seven eight spot um you know i think stan van gundy's a, a, a good coach you know, it'll be interesting to see if Zion can stay healthy. I, I've always, in terms of NBA comps, I've always kind of compared him a little bit to Blake Griffin. Um, I thought that that's kind of where he taps out at, um, which I think is still still pretty damn good, right?
0: Look, I... Losing losing Drew Holiday, I think, really hurts him. You need Brandon Ingram. He was a... Uh... You know, he was an all-star last year. need him con- to continue to take his game to the next level. But there's no doubt about it. Losing Drew Holiday really hurts his team.
1: Yeah, Zion played 33 minutes last night, if you're wondering. And Zion is proof the Pelicans could be on the rise. Proof brought to you by Pennzoil. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. Proofs in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Wentz hurts next.
0: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. The podcast.